You are listening to Courageous Leadership, the podcast with me, Diana Osagi, the author of the book, Courageous Leadership. This is the place where inspirational leaders and everyday heroes share their inside stories of leadership. Today's episode features a guest sharing their mistakes, mishaps and triumphs. Let's dive in. Guys, welcome to another episode of Mistakes, Mishaps and Triumphs. You know what I always do? I say to my guest, what is your name and what do you do for a living? I'm Lisa Cherry. It's so lovely to be here. And I train, speak, write and work on trauma, recovery and resilience. And I do that through, yeah, through delivering training and through speaking and through writing. Oh, so this is the mistakes and mishaps episode. I'd love to get you on the courageous couch and just talk a little bit deeper about all of that, but I'm sure it's going to come out during this episode. So I'm, I'm excited for this one. This is brilliant. Okay. I ask you to think about a mistake, a mishap and a triumph. What I call visits to the land of numpty, where we get things pear-shaped, wrong, and now and again, get things right. But we don't always talk about it. We don't share it. And people think that leaders are perfect. And we're here to say we're not. We are just not. So where do you want to start? A mistake, a mishap or a triumph? Well, I like the idea of getting the mistakes and the mishaps out of the way. So we'll end with a triumph. Okay. So, so I'm going to start with a mistake. And I think this cuts across the board, whoever you are, whatever field you're working in. My biggest mistake was not understanding fully that in this world, there are givers and there are takers. And if you spend too much time with the takers, if you are a giver, you will be depleted very quickly. So a mistake that I made, probably I would say, would be making the assumption that I am surrounded by givers when in fact when I first kind of started on my journey of being self-employed which is about 11 years ago I learned really quickly that there are takers and they will take 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 the thing about being around givers if you're a giver and a lot of your audience are in education so they naturally have that empathy and that kind of givingness about them yes is that you do it for each other So nobody gets depleted because you are making sure that you are around people that will also give and you can you can give and take in a very reciprocal way rather than having lots of giving and lots of taking. So I would say surrounding yourself by the right people is one of the most important things. Mm. When you made that mistake, just gives an idea of the consequence when you're surrounded by people that take from you. Well, the consequences are what it does to your confidence, to your self-esteem, to your ability to kind of keep going, to what resources you have. Yeah, all of all of those things, really. The consequences are that you cannot be your best self in that. And I mean, I've been so fortunate because I've met the most incredible people who have helped me along the journey, spent time mentoring me. Mm. And I make sure that I do that now. I give that back, that that's so important. And so, I mean, I don't want to say this too loudly because I don't know how many people are listening, but (laughs) I 
I often get a message saying, oh, can we just have a coffee and a conversation? And I can't do that with everyone because I'm not a lady what lunch is. However, I try at least once a week to have a conversation with somebody that I can support and help in some way in the way that that was done for me. Right. And yes. part of that reciprocity that is missing if you are not surrounding yourself by the right people. I get it. I get it. I, I, can, I can see how I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think about it in my own life, but I can see how if you're surrounded by people who take, it, it makes you just very, very tired. And that, yeah. that's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking about is that when, and I, I could, I'm not thinking about it in terms of actually there was one person at work that was just like a leech, frankly, and just sucked the life out of me. And it was always, Oh, have you got five minutes? You got five minutes. It was, it was, it went beyond mentoring. It, it, it became a crutch sort of situation. They just took and took and took and gave little back, but it makes me tired. And when I'm tired, I make poor decisions. You know, my judgment goes skewiff. When I'm, when, I, when I'm physically and emotionally tired out. And we can't be tired if we're in any kind of position, you know, of leadership, of having to show up, of knowing that people are looking to you. Mm. You have to lead from that place and you have to make sure that you are good with your boundaries because that's essentially what this is about. It's about boundaries and how do yes. we set boundaries that are healthy and kind and generous but also make clear that we have to be the best that we can be because people are looking to us to be that yes oh interesting mishap okay mishap listen i know that everyone's going to really connect with this one mishap taking on too many projects at a time who hasn't done that come on hands up you're lying we've all done it it's true. I mean, it's just, and, and it can be driven from a very different place. It can be driven from a place of flattery. It can be driven from a place of, again, around boundaries, not knowing how to say no. It can be driven from a place of losing focus on what you're actually meant to be doing yes. in the world. Yeah. What is it you're meant to be tapping into? So it's not something I think that's really straightforward. We need to unpick it a little bit and think, well, what sits underneath taking on too many projects? I think for me, I'm just so excited about absolutely everything that that means I can get carried away sometimes and take on too much stuff. <laughs> Go on, give us a consequence where you've just, uh, yeah, I'll say, yes, of course I'll do that. And then you've realized, oh, oh, I can't, I can't, I can't, what's happened? Well, the consequence is then I have to behave in a way that isn't authentic, which means I have to cancel something. Oh. Or I have to not be able to show up and do what I've said I'm going to do. And though, because authenticity is one of my core values, mm. that's a really big problem. Because if I can't be authentic, which is that if I say I'm going to do something, I do it, then we have a problem because then I don't feel good about myself and it creates an internal conflict. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Yes, and now <laughs> I've, I've had that experience where you, you don't feel good about yourself. You're operating under stress and internal turmoil, but I've said yes now. I don't know how to say no. I don't know how to get out of this, you know, and I'm trapped. And then something else comes along. I think, oh, that looks interesting. And you think, Diana, are you not recognizing a pattern here? You can't do all these things. Interesting. But do you know, if you are speaking with somebody who is also really strong in their sense of leadership, they will respect you 
for stepping up and saying, do you know what I have, and being vulnerable and saying, I've overstepped the mark here. I've taken on this yeah. mark. I've overcommitted myself, yeah. I've overcommitted myself. And that person, if they are in that place, will say, that's okay, I really respect you coming forward and saying that before we got any further down the line. Yes, it is It is that. And to say oh, I've overcommitted myself, I am sorry. And I run an academy for women's leadership and we had a guest speaker, Michelle Robinson, who's an Olympian. And she taught us this. She said, say no early. If you said yes, but you need to now say no, do that early and say, I can't. Whatever the, 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 the word no comes in, I can't commit, I can't fulfill, but just say no early. The weight that just gets lifted off your emotional shoulders when you do that. Oh my goodness, it's revelationary. It was just absolutely mind-blowing when I just began to employ that in my life. No, thank you. If you struggle to say no, then learn the art of saying, do you know what? I'm going to spend a bit of time thinking about that and get back to you. And then say no by email. (laughs) No, Diana, no. (laughs) Just put some some distance, some distance between that that no and that issue and the no. Just, I'm going to think about that. I'm going to get back to you. And then you can stay in your authenticity because you said you're going to get back to somebody and you get back to them. Yes. Yes. I, I like it. I'm learning. I like it. Can we go to Triumph? Tell us when you smashed it. It was all good. Okay. You'll notice I go for like big clusters of things rather than incidents. And I, and I think that's probably my age and I've been at this a long time. So there's always loads to draw upon. And so I think my triumph, I would say, is having the ability to notice opportunities. Ooh, nice. Because I often describe myself as the luckiest girl in the world. But actually, it's not just about that. It's about when something is in front of me and someone's offering me something, really connect with and understand what is being offered to me and think about whether it fits in with my life goals, even if it wasn't something I was thinking about at the time. And I would say I've not been particularly strategic I've always gone with my heart and what makes me happy. But because of that ability to notice opportunities, I've been able to just try so many different things. Life comes easier. If we can't see what's in front of us or where somebody is reaching out and guiding us into something else, then we're going to get stuck. So being open, being open to what's in front of us and what's being presented to us as long as it's aligned with your passion Mm. and your heart will carry you a long way gosh I'm just thinking about that when you because I I do I'm a planner I'm a planner I get my admin all lined up and all that kind of thing and so when something just arrives especially when I was a head teacher I was always suspicious of it you know when some an email arrives you know we want to offer you this I think why would you want to do that what's in it for you you know, what do you want from me? That, that was always my, my initial internal response. What, what is it you really want from me? Why would you offer me that opportunity? Why would you offer my organisation that resource, that opportunity? And I would pursue it, but so cautiously, so slowly, because it, it, it arrived and I wasn't expecting it. Because opportunities are like that. They, you don't expect 
and you know when oh it's going to come on Tuesday it just arrives you know and you've got to be in a place to grab it but now I'm self-employed and I, I do what I do things come out of the blue all the time and I, I expect things to just start, start popping in and arriving and do this do that and I've, I've, I've got to do that thing thank you it sounds like a great opportunity but this month I have planned to sleep and I really do need to do some of that this month so I can't do that but recognizing opportunity I didn't I don't know if I, if I had that skill when I was in that world of the bell rings at nine o'clock the bell rings at 10 past 10 and it's all very very regulated you do things this way for inspection regimes or for governors or for parents and it's all put into a timetable and there's a tiny little slot for opportunity and that's Wednesday's period five if it doesn't come then I'm not going to recognize it mm-hmm. yeah so what would you advise somebody if you said, if you want to develop the skill of recognizing opportunities, what do they need to do? How do they need to change their mind or expand their mind? Mm. Well, I think, I think you kind of touched on it a little bit, really, in how complicated it is, depending on our history, depending on what's happened to us, depending on how many givers and how many takers we've had in our lives. You know, that kind of mistrust that you talk about that you were talking about just then I think is something perhaps that's where the work is I think yeah. spending time sort of you know someone's listening to this and they're thinking yeah I'm I don't notice opportunities maybe spend some time thinking about what is it that happens when what when something comes is it that I would mistrust it mm. or you know do, am I wary of people you know I think we depending on who we are, where we've been, where we've worked, what we carry, you know, what we bring, our our worldview, our internal architecture is going to impact all of this stuff. So with anything, the key is always know yourself, learn yourself. Who are you? What are the things that that are going to press your buttons? What are the things that if something comes up, what are you going to think? Yeah. You know, spend some time thinking about that. You know, go for a walk. Think about if an opportunity comes away, how do I respond? Yes. Why do I respond in that way? That's interesting. Be curious. Be curious, Be curious about yourself, yeah. Yeah. And then you can at least have some preparation when something comes up. Notice then, okay, after you've done that bit of work on yourself, notice, well, how am I feeling now when I see that come to me? You wow. know, and just really develop that deeper relationship with yourself. Yeah. I've learned that today. I'm gonna, we're going to end on that. Be curious about yourself I love it thank you so much Lisa if people want to get in touch with you they want to follow you or engage with your content where would we find you well you can catch up with me on Twitter where I spend far too much time at (laughs) at underscore Lisa Cherry and you might be interested in my new book that's just coming out tell us about it yeah yeah well that's a book that's called conversations that make a difference for children and young people and it's relationship-focused practice for those working on the front lines. That's education, social work, health, criminal justice. It's really thinking about how do we place relationships at the heart of everything that we do. So people might enjoy reading that as well. So yeah, all my website, all my website. Where's your website? LisaCherry.co.uk. Perfect. And we can get the book on your website or Amazon. Amazon, you can get it or you can get it from, well, anywhere. It's published by Routledge, so... It's, it's available. Just give us the title one more time of the book. Conversations that make a difference for children and young people. Relationship-focused practice from the front line. 
perfect thank you so much once again can i say thank you for joining us for sharing for being vulnerable it's been a pleasure to have the mistakes the mishaps and the triumphs of lisa cherry thank you so much for having me you have been listening to courageous leadership the podcast with me your host diana Rezagi, the author of the book courageous leadership available on amazon now you can reach me on linkedin twitter or via the website courageousleadership.co.uk make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode until then goodbye